Hello and welcome to the Lancet Podcast. Richard Lane with you on Wednesday, April the 18th. Some of you may have recognised the famous and dramatic opening bars of Gustav Mahler's Second Symphony. Just before we get into the main topic of this week's podcast, that is physics and medicine, a word about the music, or rather where it comes from. Time ran out on last week's podcast to mention a fascinating profile, that's in the April the 14th to the 20th issue of the journal, about Dr. Stefan Willich, conductor and cardiologist. For among other things, Dr. Willich conducts the World Doctors' Orchestra, The profile is well worth a read and a listen as there is a link from the profile to the World Doctors Orchestra website where you can listen to some of their concert highlights. And many thanks to the World Doctors Orchestra for letting us use some of the audio in this week's podcast. Now, April the 18th is the 57th anniversary of the death of Albert Einstein. And April the 18th is also the date that The Lancet publishes a new series about physics and medicine. Physics is fundamental to many of the technologies used across medicine today. Yet it is often forgotten, or at least neglected, that physics has made important contributions to health ever since the birth of medicine 5,000 years ago. The list of physics' contribution to health is vast. Just take medical diagnosis, for example. X-rays, nuclear medicine, clinical PET scanning, magnetic resonance spectroscopy, high-intensity focused ultrasound with MRI. The list goes on. And also in treatment. Radiotherapy, for example, minimal access surgery, interventional MRI, to name just a few. In an era of post-genomic medicine, physicists have an increasingly vital role to play in the discovery of new diagnostic techniques and treatment modalities. One example is nanomedicine. Nanotechnology allows the manipulation of individual molecules and tiny quantities of liquids. This means there are substantial diagnostic and therapeutic opportunities for the controlled delivery of such minute amounts of substance, for example in Alzheimer's disease, and investments in technologies and education are essential for such innovations to flourish. So back to the Lancet series on physics and medicine. There are five series papers and two accompanying comments, one from the International Atomic Energy Agency and another from the Institute of Physics in the United Kingdom. And there are a number of key recommendations from the series. We were hoping to speak to Professor Peter Knight, author of the comment from the Institute of Physics in the United Kingdom, but he has been unwell and we send him best wishes for a speedy recovery. But just to briefly summarise some of the key recommendations from the series. Firstly, research investment. The physical sciences need sustained government commitment and investment if the full dividend of physics-based research is to be achieved. Success in the life sciences depends on success in the physical sciences. Many advances in medicine have been dependent upon discoveries in physics that have yielded unexpected results, such as MRI, for example. 
Secondly, medical education. A revolution is happening in a contribution that physics is making to the health sciences. Physics and its impact on research through, for example, systems science, needs to receive stronger recognition in the undergraduate medical curriculum and in postgraduate education. Universities also might consider more physics-oriented qualifications for entry into medicine, emphasising quantitative and mathematical skills. A more numerate medical profession will be needed to take advantage of the full contribution that physics will make to healthcare. Thirdly, multidisciplinary science for health. There must be closer collaboration and integration between the physical and life sciences through a new model of interface science in which multidisciplinary teams from both sectors work closely in a shared research environment. For example, the experience of the Institute of Medical Science and Technology in Dundee in the United Kingdom has shown the benefits of this approach. At present, collaborations tend to be opportunistic or fortuitous diminishing the contribution that physics research can make to human health and healthcare. And fourthly and finally, physics and schools. A key message is that every school should aspire to provide a high-quality physics education for its children. Young physicists need to be nurtured to ensure a supply of talented scientists who can take advantage of the opportunities of physics-based research in the future. Schools should declare and implement their passion for physics in order to foster the right environment for committed students of physics to develop. I think it's a fascinating series, and as someone who struggled with physics at school in the 1980s, I only wish the value of a strong physics education had been a priority at the time. Well, enjoy reading the series, and let's close the podcast with a bit more of Mahler's second symphony played by the World Doctors' Orchestra under the baton of Dr. Stefan Willich. See you next time.